You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. So Eric, today's episode is totally one of those small world stories. Uh, as you know, until about three years ago, I lived in the Bay Area in California. Yep. And it turned out that at some point, uh, I learned that our high school friend, Eric, guy who we were in a ska band with, obviously a very talented individual to pal up with us. But uh, turned out not only did he live within a couple miles of me, but he was on a fire path. And that was just such a fun realization. And so here he is today, uh, our other friend, Eric, uh, to talk with us about his path. So maybe we just jump right in and just say, Eric, number two, what's your fire status? Where are you at these days? Yeah. Well, one, thank you so much for having me. Two, I I love your show, right? Um, I don't listen to or consume a lot of fire resources. um, And two sides of fire is. And it's especially because and we'll probably talk about this like the two of you focus a lot on non-financial aspects of fire and that's usually where uh, i'm seeking so i am newly retired right so let me Congrats, that's, man. Uh, that's awesome yeah yes <laughs> thank you so let, let me just give give a quick uh overview of myself so obviously i am from this more or less from the same hometown we went to high school together right um we were in a band together um uh i have uh, left upstate New York. I went to California for college and I basically stayed in California for the rest, rest of my life. Um, uh, I have been working in big tech for probably the last 15 plus years, mostly in product management. Um, I am, I'm married. Um, my, my wife is a physician and we have two kids and this is probably a little different than uh, and most people my age, which is I have a five-year-old and I have a one-year-old. So I'm wow. 49 years old. I've got a five-year-old and a one-year-old. So my portfolio might be a little higher for someone my age, but it's just because I have a lot of deferred expenses, right? I have, I am still paying for daycare and preschool and all yeah. the, all, all, all the likes that you know you the two of you have probably already paid for. Um, uh, my wife and I are uh, probably what I would refer to collectively as coast fire. Um, I am retired. My wife is continuing to work. We'll probably dive a little bit into the numbers and at least of what we're, you know, we're willing to share. Um, we are not, you know, in in terms of what our number is, our annual spend is more than 4% of what our portfolio is, right? So, uh, we can easily support me not working. We, my wife has actually dialed. We recently moved to Sacramento from the Bay area. Um, and in doing so, my wife has ratcheted back her work. She works 25% less than she nice. did in the Bay Area. So we're, we're both coast fire-ish. She's still working, will continue to do so. And I am a retired stay-at-home dad. Nice. So g- give me a little bit about the timeline here, Eric. So when you say newly retired, I mean, are we talking like 10 days, 15 yeah, days? Yeah, so it, it, it's uh, uh, like two months, two, two, two months, months, two weeks. Wow. Okay. So you're in so the very, you're in the honeymoon phase right now. I am, and it it it, it probably came a little bit sooner than I had planned. So uh, J- Jason knows this, right? You know, so I've I've he's one of the few people that I've been talking with about this whole, you know, fire. And my wife and I have been talking about it for years, and we basically had this, you know, it's it started with oh, when I turn fifty, I'm going to retire, right? Mm-hmm. And we've been working towards that for a few years, and we were we were you know in agreement and alignment. Like we knew we were going to move to Sacramento. We were 
you know, planning our second kid, having our second kid. So th this was all things that we had planned out and uh, were, you know, we're working towards. And, you know, hey, when I 50-ish plus minus, right, like that, that was when I was going to retire. Anyway, as we got, you know, we moved to Sacramento, we had our second kid, we, you know, you know things started becoming crystallized, you know, crystallized a bit more. Um, April 2023 was our target date, right? So, wow. you know, uh, there was a, a, a vesting date at work. And so it was sort of like, Hey, you know, let, let's hit that vest date, and then, you know, hey, I, I'm, I think I'm gonna pull, pull the quarter and retire. And then I was texting Jason back and forth about this. I'm like, hey, you know, I think this was back in November or December. I'm like, hey, I think eight, I'm gonna do it. I think I'm finally gonna do it. I'm gonna do it in April. The countdown. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, the it ended up happening a little sooner than planned because my company had huge round of layoffs, of which I was a part of back in February, wow. um, and thankfully. Right. Like I, I was planning on retiring and it actually worked out great because they accelerated my vesting, which was I was holding on to April 4. So I got that. They gave me a very generous severance package. And um, so, you know, I wasn't quite, you know, mentally prepared for, hey, let, let, let's let's retire. Hey, let's have a party. It was sort of like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm retired now. But, uh, you know, we, thankfully, you know, we been working towards it financially we're in a position to do it and you know it happened a couple months later but i got a few you know i've effectively earned a few more months of salary out of it so i mean it's not often we get the chance to see somebody who's newly retired like in that honeymoon phase is it is it as grand as what i'm anticipating like is it that good it, well you you know uh yes and right um <laughs> Because it wasn't something that I was exactly prepared for. In my mind, April was the date I had to get to, yeah. right? And I thought, like, you know, uh, hey, you know, I'll probably want to work a few more months. Maybe want to, <laughs> you know, finish out the year, tie up some loose ends with work, mm -hmm. finish up some projects, like right off into the sunset, have a retirement party. Uh huh. Go um, watch. Yeah. So I didn't have this, you know, huge buildup. Right? It was abrupt. Um, and then so like you know, the the first couple of weeks was just like, oh, hey, wait, I'm. You know, I'm I'm not unemployed. I'm not looking for the next job. I'm 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 now retired. So you know, it's only been what two and a half months. You know, right. for, first couple of weeks was just like coming to terms with it. But over the last couple of months, like it it's been good. You know, I've always worried about like, am I going to have enough to do in retirement? Right. Like, do I need something to retire to? And right now, being a stay at home dad with a one year old and a five year old has more than uh, taking up my time. And the other thing is like, we're, we're, you know, we bought a home, which was the first time I've ever owned a house. And we, we bought a very nice house, right? Big yard, pool, right? Et cetera. Um, there's a lot of work and maintenance that goes around with, with sure. owning a home. And I realized, um, you know, a lot of your audience probably already knows that the two of you already know that you know, like, you've been homeowners before and have been for a while. Um, you know, for me, it's just like, I just, you know, swapped out a thermistor for my pool sensor this morning right like i've never had to do that before but uh it's kind so, of a yeah. weird confluence of like you're yeah. doing all these things at once you have like another another young kid right second young child which adds to the work exponentially i know having two kids you got a you're a new homeowner and you're <laughs> newly retired that's kind of a strange intersection of things you must for have sure. an interesting friend group i would guess 
<laughs> well, so yes, and right. So I moved to Sacramento. So my my wife's from Sacramento, right? So that's that. I didn't have a built necessarily a big built-in friend group here in Sacramento. Like I'm friends with her friends, and I have become good friends with a lot of her friends over the years. And I have one good friend from college who moved. Basically, very similar story. Um, uh, my wife and I met through them. He stopped working. You know, he's a stay-at-home dad. He retired maybe three, four years ago. They moved from the Bay Area to Sacramento. So we're just sort of following in, the, uh-huh. in their footsteps. So yeah. I, I have a friend group, but for the most part, um, you know, I'm, I'm still working on developing that network here locally. I don't know all the details, but as I understand it, you've been on this path for a while. Uh, I think you're a self-professed Boglehead. I'd be interested to hear, you know, anything about how this idea originated. How did you know you were targeting early retirement? And then what kind of steps did you and Deb take uh, to ensure that this path was a viable one for you? Yeah, it, it probably started the other way around, right? You know, after Deb and I met and, and gotten, I think this was either after we got engaged or right after we got married, we started merging our finances together, right? Now we're, we're, we're both very financially um, compatible, right? Um, we made similar salaries. You know, we, we, we were, you know, uh, lucky to have high incomes. And, you know, we were, we were both pretty frugal, right? We were not, you know, big, big spenders. But she had a financial advisor uh, who managed her finances uh, when, when we got married, and I did not. But I'm still getting up to speed in terms of, like, merging accounts. And, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I've never been pro-financial advisor, but... You know, hey, she already has one. She's comfortable with them. Like, you know, you know, if if you had, I, I knew enough. If you had really good ones, that they can be worth, you know, what, what you, what you pay for them. Mm-hmm. But as I started digging in and digging in more, um, my wife had a couple of whole life insurance policies. Ah, I'm like whole life insurance, and I'm just like, oh, that doesn't make sense. And it was they were sold to her by her financial advisors. So they oh. were both insurance salespeople and financial advisors. And I start digging in, and I I didn't really know all the ins and outs. And there's a lot. It's obviously intentional. There's a lot of misinformation <laughs> out there around like all all the pro benefits of using whole life insurance and variable life insurance as an investment vehicle, right? And so like my head was swimming because they would they would spout all of this off and like, oh no, for tax reasons, this, and I started doing more and more research. And that's how I found, um, my first resource was the white coat investor, right? Mm-hmm. Cause there was a article on how to ditch your you know, whole life insurance. And I started, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. And that's when I discovered Bogleheads, right? And so anyway, long story short, we got out of the, fi- divorced ourselves from that financial advisor, um, merged our accounts. And from the beginning, like, you know, I, I, became a diehard Boglehead, right? And I subscribed to all its philosophies. Um, you know, I got out of owning individual stocks, focused on, you know, low cost, being diversified. And so we've done that since we've been married. This is how many years right? ago? So, this is like 15, 20 years 10 ago? Years. A, d- a decade. Okay. A decade. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, we've been lucky to have been invested wisely, being well diversified. It also helps over the last 10 years. There's been quite a, you know, being a bull market to run. And we were also like big savers, right? And that's how I learned about backdoor Roths and mega backdoor Roths. And my wife had that available at her work and I did not. And I was, you know, it was another person and I, we became advocates to get backdoor Roths available at, you know, our company, yeah. right? And so we were doing all of this, you know, tax sheltered savings and and you know super savings and i think it was a you know, it at that point it wasn't the goal of hey let's retire early 
It was let's just do a good job of saving, make sure like we're financially uh, in a good position. Right. Fast forward five, six, seven years later, we're doing a great job of saving. The market is going up. All of a sudden, our portfolio is much, much bigger than when we started with. Um, and that was when we started saying, hey, you know what? Maybe when we're like 55, you know, 55, 56, 57, you know, we could think of, you know, retiring early. And, and that's sort of what started the whole process, right? And then I discovered the fire movement, continued savings, continued market appreciation. That number started shrinking, having further and further discussions with my wife. She was on board, at least with me retiring, if not her retiring, because I tried to sell her and moving to a lower cost area. I'm like, hey, we could we could retire today and go to Portugal. Let's go. <laughs> right. Um, you know, for family, you know, I kind of said that jokingly, but, you know, obviously for cultural reasons and family reasons, uh, you know, where we're going to remain here in California, that's part of the reason why we moved to Sacramento. Um, so we're not going anywhere. Um, uh, but anyway, that, that's that's sort of how we, we, we came into it. Um, and so it was a combination of, you know, being being lucky, right? We worked for, uh, you know, we both had high paying positions. We were able to save a lot, but also like being smart about it. Like, hey, how do you invest? How do you do your low cost? How do you live below your means? How do you save more? Um, and then, you know, I started locking in on the fire community and, and you know, seeing like, okay, like we just, we're, we're doing all the right things. We just got to keep doing it. Um, you know, and now a few, few years later, I'm retired. So I see where the, the, vision for fire came from, but there was some crystallizing moment where you guys had this, this, this conversation between you and Deb, your wife and said, um, like there's a conscious decision made for you to retire and for her to keep working. I'm really interested in that. Yeah. So the, the big part of this is my, my wife has, um, uh, a defined, you know, she has a pension that comes with additional benefits and uh, the way it works for her is it's highly incentivized to last till age 60, right? So she works in, a, she, she works, um, you know, in the, in the emergency department, right? And so there's a high rate of burnout. It's a tough, tough job. And so what her employer does is, you know, there is a pension, right? And the longer you work, the more you earn, all good. Um, but there is this huge quantum step up if she works till at least age 60, meaning if she works till she's 59 and 364 days, she'll continue to accrue like additional benefits and her pension will be higher. If she makes it till age 60, there is this ratchet up in terms of benefits. And so she feels, and, and you know, I'm not, uh, we, we financially we're in a position where we don't need her to work until she's 60 assuming no market crash or anything of the like. Um, but she feels she feels like, hey, I'd be leaving too much on the table not to work till I'm 60. It's it's too good of a deal. But, you know, basically, I told her, I'm like, listen, like, if you don't like your job, get out now, right? You can go do, go do something else, right? Um, but don't, whatever you do, don't stay at this job at age 58 and decide you don't want to be there anymore, right? Because <laughs> right. if you get there at 58, I'm going to make you stay until you're 60. Get out now. Yeah. yeah. Get out now or last till you're 60. Okay. <laughs> but you guys had a conversation in there like, okay, so how come you're retired? I mean, I understand there's there's a, oh, there's a circumstance that happened at your place of, of employment or previous place of employment, but like there must've been yeah, a discussion. We, we had that plan, yeah, no, we, we had that plan well in advance. I think part of it is, I, I, I think it's exactly that. Like, 
Um, you know, the more we both work, the more we earn great, the more we save. But for her, right, she feels like this financial, you know, she'd be leaving way too much behind if she retired and if I kept working. Hey, Eric here with Two Sides of Fi. If you've been listening to Jason and I on the podcast, you may not be aware that we also have a YouTube channel. And quite often, we have supporting graphics, charts, information, and even a few outtakes that don't fit well in an audio format. So if you're into that kind of thing, you can find us on YouTube at Two Sides of Fi. Right? Like, I just continue to earn salary and whatever stock, whatever. And I, I can save more and we can earn it that way. She sees this as, Hey, if I make it to 60, like I, I get like this, you know, uh, very good retirement package. And so she's like, I'm going to work till 60. I don't feel the need for both of us to work to 60. Right. Cause the other thing is she works days, nights, weekends, holidays. So that puts me and daddy daycare a lot of the time. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, I think she feels a little guilt, like, hey, you know, hey, you know, this is great. Like, Eric, you can, you know, uh, you're going to have to take care of the kids when I'm working on these times that you're not working. Um, and so I think she also feels that it, if I retire, it's easier for me to help out with kids in those in those times when she, you know, she, you know, Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, whatever she she's working. So I have a, a specific question about a couple of things you've said. So, you know, you've described your path sort of as, you know, basically coast fire. Um, you, you can get to this this target and, and Deb will work until 60. Um, but also you made the comment a minute ago, you know, as long as the market doesn't crash. I'm wondering, if, do you have specific plans in place to not only make it to that end point that you want to reach it at her achieving 60, but, you know, from a portfolio perspective in whatever way you want to define it, have you taken means to make sure that if her decision does change, you guys are still financially in a good place? Yeah. So let, let me, uh, you know, be, be clear, which is we could both retire today. We cannot live the lifestyle that we have, meaning <laughs> we couldn't afford the house we bought as it stands right now with a 4% withdrawal rate on our portfolio. Now, when I, when I, when I just do back of the envelope numbers, I know I've, I've watched your episodes on safe withdrawal rates and the toolbox mm -hmm. and like my, my head hurts. And I'm just like, enough <laughs> is enough. Cut, cut, cut that stuff out. Right. Get, get, get to the interesting on, stuff. Man. Right. Tell me, I want to, I want to hear about Duran Duran. Right. I want to yeah. hear about Eric going to some metal concert. Um, uh, so, we're, we're, we're in that position, right? I, I would, neither of us would have made this position if we didn't have some, like, a way to be like, okay, what, what would happen if, like, we both lost our jobs, some of us incapacitated, we had health problems, et cetera. Like, we, we've taken all of those uh, considerations into account. Right? I mean, I, I think the one thing we would probably have to do is either I would go back to work or we would downsize on the house if, if any, anything happened. Like I said, like, we, we, we could have moved to Portugal years ago and both been retired and, you know, li li lived the, you know, lived La Vida Loca there. Right. I guess that's not that's Spanish, not Portuguese, but whatever. Correct. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And, and the other thing when I say like in, barring a market crash, I don't mean like a standard market crash. I mean, if it crashed 80, 90 percent, then all of a sudden, like. Right. So something's different. Now, with that being said, right, I'm very diversified. Not everything is in the market. Right. Um, I, I feel like we have a very, if not conservative, like, like we're, we're like 70, 30 plus, you know, plus minus, you know, 70 percent yeah. equity, 30 percent um, 
uh, fixed income, right? Okay, Plus so same as me. Yep. Yeah. So what, so I, mean, I, I feel like we're in a good position. Was there, um, I mean, I, I kind of want to dive back into this conversation between you and your wife because it's unusual yeah. that one spouse gives permission to the other yeah. to retire, but also being in your position, being the one retired, you're assuming a set of household responsibilities that you ha haven't had before, but you're also in a way delaying a standard retirement because it's... It, that might not be the retirement that I would picture for myself and my wife because your wife is naturally working a ton of hours to make her job happen. So has there been any, like, what was that discussion? Does it, did you just hate working or what, like, what was it that, what was that inciting no, no, event? Um, no, I, I definitely didn't hate working. Right. I mean, I, I think this was one of the challenges that I was worried about with retirement, which is I derived a lot of my sense of worth from work sure. right i mean and 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 have been for you know for, you know first it was college and education and then it, it it was work so that has certainly been a big part of my my life and I, I was worried about that i think it was i i was the culture at my company had changed like we, we were a, a tech startup we went public um and then we were acquired by a private equity firm and that very much changed the culture and a lot of a lot of old people left, like the people I, I would say I grew up with at the company, right? And, um, you know, it, it was just different, right? And it wasn't necessarily, a, you know, a great fit for me, but I had in this mind, like, oh, you know, I'm going to you know, work till 50. So that it, it wasn't about me me hating work. Um, I, I think it was, you know, I think a big part of it was my, my wife feels this obligation to work to 60 because of the, you know, additional accrual of benefits and this ratchet up in uh, pension, um, and she knows financially, like we both don't need to do it. And I think I wouldn't say guilt, but I know she she's always mentioned like, hey, you know, on my days off, like, like you know, let's say I have Tuesday, Wednesday off this week. You know, those are my two days off. Um, I have downtime because the kids are in school or in preschool and daycare. Right. And if your day's off Saturday and Sunday and I'm working, well, you've got the kids because they're not. And so I, I think there was this notion of like, hey, you, you might not be getting as much time off when you're working. Yeah. Right. I, I think she I, I think that factored in a little bit in, into the equation. And, you know, I, I alluded to we, we have friends, another couple here in the Sacramento area that we we're good friends with that they sort of set the standard like he re, he retired to be a stay at home dad. Right. And she, and she kept working. I think their circumstances were a little different. I think, you know, I don't think they looked at it as fire per se. I think it was mm -hmm. more, hey, we're moving to Sacramento, lower cost area. They've got more kids. There's, there's certainly more demands um, in terms of household things. And she's she's at the same employer. Right. She has the same, uh, you know, benefit package that, you know, she makes it till 60. It oh, becomes okay. very worthwhile. Interesting. Yeah. So, so it's really know, a blueprint. We, we, yeah. There's a little, yeah, there's a little peer pressure there, right? Or not peer pressure, but like, yeah, we're, we're, we're following in their footsteps yeah. a little bit. And I think that also helped my wife, wife to become, you know, more comfortable with it. It's interesting because Jason and I have had this conversation where he's kind of gone through these different phases, right? You go through the honeymoon phase and then you get to this phase where you're like, what am, what am I actually going to do with all this time? And, you know, and, and so I've watched him go through that and, and I'll probably watch you go through that in the same way. And it's just, um, I think it's curious um, for someone who has been working at a really high stress job when you, when you immediately just cut, cut the cord. Right. And you're left in free fall and you're surrounded by your kids and your family who you love and you got this new house and all these things. Like, what does that feel like? What, what does it, is it like? Is it just, is it almost terrifying in a way? Cause that's kind of how I picture it. I, I, it's, it's not terrifying, at least not yet. 
right? Um, you know, one, it takes me a little while to like, you know, come to terms with my emotions, right? You know, I'm, I'm not the most like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very emotionally guarded. So I, I think there's probably still like, I, I haven't fully accepted everything or w- what it all means. So I think there's probably yeah. still another few more months in, in my runway there yeah. to, to get to that, to really understand like, hey, you know, wh- what does this mean? Like, what am I, like, is there anything that I'm scared about here in retirement? Like my, <laughs> you know, uh, other things like that. So I, I'm probably not there yet. Okay. Um, but I, I do like, I don't have that much of a schedule yet. Like basically- okay. It's the, the two things, and this is going to go away, right? But um, long story, it's we didn't know where we were going to live. And we had to find daycares and preschools before we actually bought a house. So our kids go uh, to school a half an hour away from where we live. Oh, so wow. that means it's 30 minutes and then 30 minutes, an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. Wow. Um, and, you know, my wife and I would just, when I was working, would sort of tra- trade off on that. Like, okay, you, you, you do drop off. I'll do pickup. Um <laughs> Now I'm, you know, my wife still does some of it, but I do more of it. Um, but uh, come, you know, the, you know, in August, my son will start kindergarten and that'll be, you know, like 10, 12 blocks away from where we live. My my daughter is going to switch daycare providers, which is going to be, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 blocks from where we live. So that'll go away. Um, and then I'm going to have to have more time to fill into my schedule. Yeah. Um, so I, I've, I've been, you know, I, I've had a lot of little things to keep me busy. The kids sure. commute keeps me busy. There's been a ton of little repairs that have been needed to be done around the house. And I just had this laundry list. Like when I was working, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get exactly. to it. <laughs> now I've gotten to it. And I'm like, kind of like checked all of those off. And I have a feeling like I'm going to have this, like, for lack of a better term, coming to Jesus moment of being uh-huh. retired. And I'm like, and now what? Like these boxes are yeah. checked. Yeah. The kids are at school. I'm going to need something else to do with my time. Yes. But I, I just haven't gotten there yet. How much thought did you put into that idea of what am I retiring to? Other than the things you've stated already, which is, you know, more time with your family, compatible time off with your wife's schedule. What did you, you know, why was this the right path to create this space for yourself to operate in and and what did you foresee that you know spend filling that time with yeah you great question and probably it wasn't until maybe the last year i even really thought about that because again it was just sort of like oh it's in the future it's in the future right like i'll figure it out like like yeah i know it's important but hey you know i'm you know smart guy i'll figure it out i'll figure it out i'll figure it out um and it was really i you know listening to two sides of five you know again it's like I, I don't know if I mentioned this, like, since we've been recording, maybe we said this, you know, earlier, like, I don't consume a lot of fire resources outside of two sides of fire. And the reason for that is, I feel very, very comfortable with finances, right? I know, t- I know, I know how to handle taxes, I know how to invest, I, I know, you know, I, I live and breathe by the Boglehead principles and have for a decade or more now. Um, but what I don't know is ex- exactly all those things you brought up and, and things that you have brought up in other episodes earlier on about having something to retire to yeah. or, you know, what are you going to do with, with, with your day and, and you know, and, and the, the phases of retirement, the honeymoon, the sort of the acceptance and sort of you go, you know, go, go into all these phases. So to, you know, thankfully to the both of you and the show, like I, I know these are things I, I've needed to do. Um, and so I, I, I thought about it in, in the back of my head, I, I just took the easy way out. I'm like, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to golf. I don't want to sail. I don't want to, and it was, like 
in the back of my head, it was always just like, I will volunteer and go do something that I'm, I'm passionate about. Right. And I have looked at, um, uh, volunteering with, uh, a couple of different food banks here in Sacramento. Um, I haven't done it yet, but I, I at least know like where, where they are, what they're looking for in, in terms of volunteering. Um, you know, that I'm, you know, m- my goals are things that I would be looking to support are compatible with theirs and vice versa. Um, so I, I do feel there's like, like I said, in, in two, three, four months when my kids switch schools and all of a sudden I get even more free time, you know, in the day and more of these little boxes checked, there is going to be, well, what, what's next. Right. Um, and I, I think, I think it probably will be volunteering. I can't, I can't sit around, you know, I'll go crazy just sitting home around, sitting <laughs> yeah, it around gets home old. all day. <laughs> it gets old really fast. Right. Um, and I don't think I have much interest in going back to work in tech. So, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. I, I want to hear about that a little bit because um, one of the things I was wondering about your your wife's decision to continue working, aside from the golden handcuffs, um, is you know training to be a, a, an emergency room physician to, is many years, and you know a lot of skill building, and to walk away from that feels I can imagine that would feel difficult. And so I thought, oh well, maybe that's a big component of it. Like she likes helping people, and it's just kind of a natural progression for her, an extension of who she is. What part of you and your job is is missing now? I mean, did you work in tech? Yeah. Was that a natural fit for you, or was it just like, oh, I'll go here because I'm it's it's a you know highly compensated position, and it seems to pique some of my interest. No, no it, 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 I think it was a good fit, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like I, said, I think at the beginning of the show, I mentioned you know for the last 10, 15 years, I've been working in software product management. But before that, I you know I, I moved to Silicon. I moved to San Francisco in two thousand during the dot com boom, All right, and, and, and I was hooked. Hey, Eric here with Two Sides of Fi, checking in with a quick request. Jason and I love making this show and sharing our conversations, but we need your help spreading the word. The best way to do that is to give us a quick rating and review on your podcast app of choice. And if you know someone on the Fi path, please hit that share button on your favorite episode. Every little bit helps. Thanks. I, I love working in tech. I was an engineer back then. Uh, um, and, you know, at the time, and maybe not to the extent that it was then, but still very much Silicon Valley was the epicenter of like new tech. Like this is like where new, big, exciting things were happening. So um, you were into that part so, of it. Yeah. Oh, early on I was yeah. very, very much so. Right. You know, o- over the years, like, it, it, you know, I, I think the other part of it is it's a young person's game. Like as you yeah. get older, yeah. like it's, it's not the same as you climb the career ladder um, you're, you're more involved in sort of like management and, you know, you know, managing teams and not necessarily involved in the actual like technology or the product. Um, and that's great in terms of building your career, building your skill sets. Um, but it also removes you and you divorce a little bit from that. Um, you know, I spent the last eight, nine years working for a company that did enterprise software. Right. So you think of like tech and you think of like, oh, Amazon and Facebook and like all these, you know, things that like, you know, your grandmother's using, like people know it. Um, You know, I I worked on software that, you know, businesses bought that the two of you would have never heard of. Um, And again, so it was cool at first. Right. It was great that it was a startup. There were a lot of smart people there, but you become even more divorced from the technology from that standpoint, because it's, it's not as 
cool or hot or as exciting. Like it was a great place to be financially. It was very rewarding, but it wasn't rewarding in in the sense of like, oh hey, like we're we're working on blockchains and we're working on whatever like, you know, generative AI. Like it it, it wasn't that. Yeah, it's really interesting, Eric, because I think about this for myself as I look to land the plane, like transition into retirement. And I think, um, you know, what am I losing with my job? And I think, you know, as we get to, you know, we're the same age, right? Um, And we get to a certain point in your career, it almost becomes easy, right? It kind of loses its shine a little bit. I mean, how many different kitchens can I design for somebody as an architect? Like, you know, it's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't need to pick out another refrigerator. It's like not as fun as it used to be. And so I keep looking for those threads, which, you know, pull me forward and keep me interested. And I mean, you mentioned generative AI and that's like completely changing the architecture space right now. And that's something that I'm following. Um, and I don't imagine that going away when I step into retirement, but it sounds like for you, there's been kind of like a hard stop on some of that. And I wonder like what takes its place? Like what's that new thing? Like, is that kind of what you're struggling with? Yeah, a little bit. Like I said, like, I don't know what that, that, yeah. that new, new thing is, right? Yeah. Like r- right now it's, it's been this laundry list, punch card list of all the little things that need to get fixed around the house. It's, yeah. you know, uh, you know, you know, you know, schlepping my kids back and forth to, uh, you know, daycare, uh, preschool, getting the, getting my son lined up for summer camps and all, you know, all of that. But I think eventually, like, all those little things go away. And I think I've been intentionally filling my days with all these little things because there is a void. And I, and I, I don't know what the, what, what, what that are. is. And that's why, you know, for me, you know, I, I joke, I'm like, oh, I'll just volunteer. You know, I, I should be a little, I, you know, I've given a lot more thought about that. It's not just volunteer. It's what, you know, whether I do something for free or not, it's, I'd want to do something. I, I don't want to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Right. And I do want to do something that I'm passionate about. Right. Exactly. Where I feel like, you know, I like to think of I'm giving back to, to the community somehow, some way. It doesn't mean, you know, I, I don't think I need to be curing cancer or anything like that. Um, but uh, like I said, like I, I, I very likely will get involved with one of the food banks here in Sacramento, unless maybe I can find something else. Uh, you know, I just haven't stumbled upon it, yeah. but I will likely do something like that with the, you know, where it takes like 15, 20 hours of, of my time. Mm-hmm. And then, and I, I'm using that as a proxy. Like it could very well be, you know, other things that I, I care about. One, one of the other things I've looked at um, volunteering is, um, uh, there are programs set up to help people with their taxes, right? You know, I, I alluded like you know I, I'm you know pretty pretty comfortable with with the the tax code and you know Jason's doing that being right able now. yeah that's yeah right. yeah are you <laughs> yeah oh no no <laughs> yeah I was a vital so, volunteer this tax season so that just tells oh, me you were. which episodes so you I, haven't I watched yeah you're skipping those episodes man we know <laughs> Don't you skip those You've, you're seen. <laughs> no, I, I feel like I've seen every episode. So I, I feel like m- maybe you were the inspiration for me to look into that. Yeah, maybe. And, 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 I, and, and I don't remember crediting you to that idea. I, 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 I'm, not, I, I'm I, not looking for a payout. I just, you know, <laughs> just want to make sure you're watching a show to the end because sometimes yeah. we disclose some pretty amazing things at the end of the show, as a couple of commenters or, or recently pointed out. Don't disclose things at the very end. Of the- <laughs> okay, so you watch the end of that one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> You know, you mentioned earlier that I was one of the, the few people maybe that you talked to about this uh, kind of path that you were on. Um, so I'm interested in were there other people you disclosed this intention to retire early other than your wife? Obviously, this was a plan you did made together. And then secondly, since you've now stopped working, what do you tell people you do? And and do you talk openly yeah. about fire? I'm very interested in both halves. Yeah. Of that. 
Yeah, so um, the answer is out, outside of my wife, up until a year ago, I really didn't talk about it with anyone. Mm, um, there were there was there was two or three people at work who I I, I, I talked about it. And then over, over the course of time, I became more and more comfortable. So I started talking about it more and more with friends. Um, you know, not, not a lot, but, but I would say like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking to, uh, you know, retire in the, in, in the next year or so, right. It wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to retire on this date. What do you think? Um, so I, I became more and more comfortable with it. And I think that helped quite a bit because, um, when, you know, when, when I pulled the cord, it's like, okay, I'm retired. And people are like, you know, I'm still new to the neighborhood. I'm still mean, what do you do? Yeah, exactly. Right? I was like, I am brave. I'm like I'm retired, right? You know, I, I didn't think like, am I stay at home dad? Am okay. I in between job? Like, you know, I I'm just like no, I I I embraced it from the get go. I just said I'm I'm, uh-huh. I'm retired. And how yeah. did that go? Did you get any? Must be nice or like how mm-hmm. how has it been received? Uh, you, you know, um, uh, fine. Like I I expected, you know, maybe more like commentary or sort of like backhanded compliments. Uh-huh. Um. But I, I no no I That's mean awesome. for the most part I I think one fire is you know I, I think becoming a, a more understood I wouldn't say phenom- it's not a phenomenon anymore I think it's more understood lifestyle yeah I think that's part of it um, and it's um, you know like, like I said we're there's so many flavors of it and I I would say collectively my wife and I are coast fire right right so. You know, it, it's it'd be one thing of like, hey, I'm, I'm sitting on the lawn and drinking a Mai Tai and I meet a new neighbor and I say, oh, yeah, I'm retired. It's another thing like I'm at, you know, gymnastics class with my kids and I meet a neighbor who I, I recognize on the, sh- you know, from living down the road. And they're like, yeah, we start a conversation and they're like, what do you do? Oh, I'm retired. The fact that I'm there watching like, you know, two kids like, you know, during, you know, uh, class, you know, I, I think I get a little more uh, acceptance with that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit. We haven't really talked about finances in a way, um, uh, in a real granular way. Uh, you mentioned having your finances totally under control. Talk to me about that. How'd you set the number? How did you determine? I, I, I don't know if you're a budgeter or not. How do you determine the annual spend and withdrawal rate? Cause that's a big part of this transition. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, so I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before. I, I would say like, like what our spend is and what our portfolio is like right now, it's more than 4%. Right. Okay. So we could not retire. Again, I'm not taking into account social security, my wife's pension, like all these other things yeah. where, you know, Hey, we have, we have run the numbers. Like if we both retire, we, you know, we, we could make this work. Um, but you know, I, I I did a lot a lot of this. Like, hey, can I can I take four? Per, can we live off of four percent of yeah. what our portfolio is? And it, it's not. Um, I'm not a you know a budgeter. I, I think uh, I, I think I'm I'm probably more like Eric and less like Jason in this sense, which is it's okay. I I I don't um you know budget a lot. Like, oh, what am I spending this month? Am I spending more on this? But right, we we've always lived very. You know, we we made a good income collectively. We were we we didn't you know we were very frugal in how we chose to spend our money, mm-hmm. right? And we always paid ourselves first, right? For lack of a better expression, right? right. So we were always maxing out our four hundred one ks. We were doing the backdoor Roth IRAs. We we're doing the mega backdoor Roth IRAs. We were funding five twenty nine accounts. 
Um, we were funding our brokerage, you know, our, our taxable brokerage accounts, right? So, you know, we were, you know, pay our bills first and then like do the savings and then everything left over was what we, you know, what we paid for. So that, that was sort of, you know, how we did it. I mean, we were, we were, you know, we were saving, right? So we knew we were living. So I, I didn't budget in that sense. Um, but what I have done and have done for years is I, I started, I first started using Quicken years ago and then moved over to Mint. Yep. Um, and it's mostly like for ex- expense tracking, yeah, tracking, just to keep track of like, sure. hey, like, like you know, every now and then there's an expense that pops up, like, hey, is, do, I don't recognize this. Did my wife buy something? Is was there you know a mischarge or whatever? And and just to keep an eye on it in that way. And what's great is, you know, at the end of the year or whenever I want to, I can go in and say, okay, give me everything that I've spent in the last year and, and total up. And and that's what I do now. I realize. That's not that's a very inexact science because it'll record what I pay in taxes to the IRS, but it doesn't record what I pay in taxes that come out of my paycheck. Sure, right. So I'm like, oh, I pay this extra in taxes, right? So there, you know, um, a couple of uh, loan payments that come directly out of my wife's paycheck that just don't show up. Like it's it's lower income and it doesn't show up as an as an expensive line. I'm like, all right, so. You know, th- that's what I do in terms of, in terms of budgeting. Right? Right. Now, with that being said, um, and so I, I, I can go back 12 months, take that and say, okay, is that, you know, more than 4% of my portfolio? Well, the, the answer is yes. The other, you know, a couple challenges I have, and I think this is going to resonate with, you know, anyone. It doesn't matter where you are in life. Um, if you're a parent, you know that daycare, preschool is expensive, right? And so we pay... But after tax, we're paying about $45,000 a year in child care right, for two kids. Now, the great news, my son's about to go to kindergarten. You get a He's raise. Go to yeah. public school. <laughs> He's going to at least start start in the public school, and hopefully we like it and he stays there. Um, you know, and, and so all of a sudden, that's going to drop, right? In a few years, my daughter will do the same, and that that's going to drop. Yeah. yeah. Um, and other things so, will you know, take its place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that too. But yep. my, my point being is like, I go back and I look at the, you know, the, every year for the last two, three years has been anomalous. Right. And I'm like, this is not what my steady state spending is because, <laughs> right. oh, we bought a house, we bought furniture, right. we bought this. Right. So we had like, you know, these one-time expenses. It's like, oh, well, we had a second kid. So there are all these startup costs with having a second kid. Right. And it's like, oh, well, like now we're like paying twice in like preschool daycare, but yeah, Hey, like my son's about to a- a- age out of that. So I don't, no, like I know exactly what my annual spend was last year, right? I don't know. I've gone through and done a budget and said, okay, like that's probably going to come down by about forty, fifty thousand dollars, you know, th- th- this coming year. Um, and so then, if I do that, then all of a sudden it's like, ah, you know what? Maybe that that is about a four percent. With you know, not quite, not quite, but almost there. But also, you right? have this so, you have this kind of buffer of having your mm-hmm. wife continue to work. So, like that's the thing that, that kind of relieves the the pressure to be so tight with the budget and and the figures and yeah. you know really getting in there and YNAB like Jason does. And, and you know, yeah. I, I feel there's a lot of freedom in that. And yeah. I, yeah, it's not everyone has that option. But yeah, that's that's, that's right. nice to hear it. Yeah. So like you know, like I, I remember once my wife's like, oh well, you know, and this, she said she said you know kind of jokingly, but she said this like two, three years ago. She's like, oh, you know, when you retire, like, you know, hey, if, if, if we need to cut expenses, um, you know, we, we, we can just like, you know, 
we'll, we'll, we can cut cable or whatever. And I was just like, we need, we need another financial meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to put it in like just descending amounts of where we spend Fixed our cost. money. Yeah. <laughs> right? craft, craft beer has got to go first, man. It's definitely going to be <laughs> right? more than a cable like, bill. Well, I was going to say, met I, your wife. <laughs> she's, like saying that, like, like she's a physician, right? I'm like, Hey, like, I, I love the, the willingness to yeah. like you know, be frugal and, and cut corners. Like, you know, Hey, like, that that's going to be the last, like, not in terms of priority, but it'll be the last thing in terms of like, like fighting, like the yeah. amount that it's going to move the needle. Like, well, I was going to say, you got to cut, cut daycare, man. Keep the kids home. <laughs> exactly. That'd be the first thing. We take out daycare and all of a sudden, like, you know what? Like this, this budget works, right? You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think we should uh, do a check-in with you. Um, I don't know, six months, eight months, something like that, and see where you're at and see how things have changed because you're going to go through this big transition yeah. period and, and yeah, it'll be fascinating. I, I, I would love to. And, and what yeah. I'm really hoping by you know that point is like, you know, I have come to terms with all of that. You know, like, I don't think I'm going to figure everything out, but hopefully like I will have a little bit more of a schedule. I will know I'll have a little bit more purpose um, outside of my kids and family with my, with this additional time that I have. Yeah. So yeah, no, that'd be great. Uh, this should comfort you, not scare you. But to be quite honest, three years into it, I'm figuring it out every day. There's a lot of things I feel like I've worked through, I understand and I feel really great about, but then there's things that are still unknown. And, uh, you know, retirees have told me, on average, they find five to seven years before they really have moved into another phase of life like wholly, basically. So I, I try to use that as just kind of a guiding principle and, and not something to be afraid of. So, you know, keep it in mind if you can. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I appreciate that. Right. And I, I think that five to seven years is probably like doubly uh, impactful timeline for me because it's not just, hey, maybe it takes that much time for me to just sort of you know, figure it out. I think it's also, I'm going to go through two or three more phases, not just as a retiree, but as a father. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Oh, yeah. you know, I've, I've got a you know now like a, a young toddler and a you know a, a, a small boy, right? Five years. Yeah. Right. That I guess I'll have a you know a small girl and a you know ten <laughs> year old going on twenty year old, right? Yeah. Um, but amazing. but but it, but it changes, right? So I think there's a lot for me to you know go through with you know parenthood and fatherhood, and my guess is so. probably the same thing, you know you know, in, in, in being married. Right. I think Deb and I probably have to evolve as parents, which probably means we have to evolve as partners as well. So, well, Eric, you've clearly given us a bunch of time today and just a lot of great information. It's so refreshing to see somebody's experience, you know, right out of the gate, what you're going through. And we're just thankful for the degree of candor you've given us. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. And I want to jump in here and say, thank you, Eric. I'm, I'm in admiration of uh, you kind of making this transition. A lot of people plan, um, you know, financially, a lot of people plan mentally and, uh, a lot of people don't actually make it to where you're sitting right now it's and true. to be able to get to where you are, but then also, you know, be able to share that in a really cohesive story is really interesting to me. And I, I really look forward to kind of checking back in with you in, you know, eight or nine months time when we get to see how it's developed, because right now it's so, so new for you. So congrats on the retirement. And thanks yeah. again for joining us. Yeah, yeah th 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 thank you for having me. Uh, like I said, lo lo love the show. More, more trawlers, less toolboxes. <laughs> so now's the point oh. in the show where Eric is going to reveal uh, their phone number. You've stayed tuned to the end, so you get the nugget here. Eric, what's your yes, phone number? Uh, yeah, my number is... Join us as the conversation continues next time on Two Sides of Phi. 
If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For show notes, resources, and links to the video version, please check out our website at twosidesoffi.com. Thank you.